Coming up on this episode of the Ad Sales Nation podcast, 10 proposal secrets for success. Everything from using templates to the options you should give, how many pricing ideas, also how not to negotiate against yourself and so much more. Plus, my favorite part of the show is listener questions. We've got a great one uh, from Robert in Milwaukee about time management. We've got Jackie in Gainesville asking a question about her CRM. And then I've got our final question from Greg in uh, Portland uh, wants to talk about some, you know, some sales books that are out there and some thoughts on that. Also, it is Military Appreciation Month. And so we've got some shout outs to some of the fine men and women of our United States Armed Forces. It's all coming up next here on the Ad Sales Nation podcast. From the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends, welcome to the Ad Sales Nation podcast. If you sell media like I do every day, you're a citizen, a bona fide member here of the Ad Sales Nation. So thanks for checking out the show. 10 proposal secrets for success. We'll do that first. We'll do five tips. Take a quick break. Uh, let you catch your breath, and we'll come back with five more. Uh, then we've got our listener questions. But before we get to the show, it is Military Appreciation Month. Uh, so if you're like us and you've got uh, one of your family members in the military or you run across a military person on the street or at the airport or the restaurant or something like that, tell them how much you appreciate uh, the fact that they're out there putting their lives on the line for all of us uh, so we can do what we want to do and have the freedoms that uh, that we love. So my personal big shout-out to my son, uh, Dylan, and his uh, cast and crew, Riley and Cody and the rest of the posse there, the USS Essex. They're in North Chicago, Illinois, Gunner's Mate School in full swing. So we're very, very proud of, of Dylan and uh, him getting through school and, uh, and just really, really great. It's really going to be a great career path for him and we're really happy for him. So if you've got a member, a family member in the military, thank you so much for your service. Don't forget, all month, Military Appreciation Month. All right, 10 proposal secrets for success. Idea number one, numero uno, using templates, but customizing those templates, but using templates. Friends, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for repeatable patterns of success. Jot that down. I'm looking for repeatable patterns of success. What are things that we do? What are things that we say? What are things that we present that work and that we can rinse and repeat those things. You don't know the number of times I'll be working with a media company and there'll be five good quality reps. Every rep does their own thing. They say their own thing. They do their own thing. They use their own proposals because that's how they like to do it. And what's interesting is I'll gather the five people together and I'll say, all right, what's working for you, Bob? Or what's working for you, Julie? Or what's working for you, Brandon? Or what's working for you, Melissa? And around the room, people's eyes will kind of light up. They'll say, oh, I never thought of that before. Or somebody else will give another idea and they'll say, oh, I never thought of that before. And exactly what they're missing is what they're discovering. And that is that the rising of the tide typically brings up all ships. So maybe a ship now and again has a hole in it or heavy cargo, but the rising of the tide usually brings up all ships. So why would we not figure out repeatable patterns of success, especially when it comes to proposals, 
What are the things you're doing? What are the things you're presenting? What are the success stories that you're sharing? Go back to that podcast a few months back on the sales call roadmap. How are you presenting? Are you leaving the meeting to create a proposal to come back and chase people down? Or do you have an awesome template that you use that's rocking and rolling and and ready to go? Now, you might say, well, Ryan, you know, are you a slide deck kind of guy? Do you like sales decks? Well, the reason I do like a sales deck is because, A, it adds visuals, visuals to the equation. And number two, it allows me to tweak with others on my team to make sure that we are presenting in the best way where we have the greatest chance to repeat success. And that's why my first tip for you is use templates. Figure them out. Don't customize them. They don't need to be all generic. Customize them for people. But for you, for me, for everybody, friends, we've really got to focus in on what can we do? What can we say? What can we rinse and repeat? Very, very important on proposal secrets. All right, number two, idea number two, 10 proposal secrets for success, focus on value and focus on outcomes. Number two, focus on value and focus on outcomes. Most salespeople write proposals that are focused entirely on what they can provide to a advertiser or to a prospect. The problem with that is the strategy misses the mark on where the value of the sale truly is. I'd love for you to consider this. Consider this. Prospects don't pay usually just for deliverables. Deliverables are expected. They're paying for outcomes. They're paying for results. And that's why value is critical. We've got to focus on the value that we're bringing, and we need to showcase that in pictures and in text. Outcomes. Oh, Ryan, I can't promise outcomes. Okay, I'm not, I'm not asking you to promise outcomes. I'm asking you, as you think about what is possible, what picture of potential can you paint? Are there a certain number of leads that are typical? Are there a certain number of clicks that are typical? Are there a certain number of impressions, banner ad impressions that are typical? Do you have a certain number of people that usually come to this event? Something that's fairly typical. See, I'd like to include those type of dynamics without making promises in my proposals because we don't want people just to see us as money takers. See, a lot of folks, advertisers out there, they see us as robbers. We show up and we're there to take their money. We're there to take money from them. We don't want that perception to be there. We want to fight as hard as we can against things like that. That's not who we are. We are helpers, we are consultants, we are people that are constantly on the front lines to help them solve their problems. What value do you bring to the occasion? What outcomes can you typically promise to somebody? Be careful, you want to under-promise, obviously, and then over-deliver. All right, idea three is three. Idea three is three meaning give three options. (laughs) Very often, I see people not understanding basic science and basic math. Basic science and basic basic math. If you give someone one choice, the answer is yes or no, 50-50. If you give somebody two choices, then you're no longer 50-50, but you're kind of splitting the opportunity. You you got either one or you got the other. So at at least two is better than one. But what I've observed and what has been proven by a company called Lucid Chart is that three options is the best way to go. So choices typically drive decisions. One option equals yes or no from Lucid Chart. 
quote, by giving your prospective client multiple options within one proposal, they are less likely to shop around to your competitors, end quote. So I want to present, I typically in the ad sales business, I'm going to present a competitive, a dominant, and a basic option. A dominant at the top, competitive in the middle, and somewhat of a basic option. And the reason I do that is because of idea number four, which is called popcorn pricing. I give three options because popcorn pricing allows me to start at the smallest package. And just like the little dude behind the counter at the movies, well, you want that small popcorn, sir? I do. You know, for only 25 cents more, you can have the medium size. Oh, goodness. Goodness gracious, you got me, Mr. Salesperson. You got me. (laughs) Popcorn sales guy, you got me. Fine. Give it to me for another 25 cents. For Pete's sake, I'm already paying $9 for the popcorn. (laughs) But doesn't popcorn always taste better at the movies? Come on. Come on. So popcorn pricing allows you to go from a small to a medium, a medium to a large, and the incremental pricing increases are not that much. It's called popcorn pricing for a reason. You want to pop it up, pop it up to the top. So item number three is give three options and make sure you give some details, but give three options. Number four, you want to structure those options so that it's not a tremendous financial leap to go from option one to option two, option two to option three. And that's why it's called popcorn pricing. And then idea number five of 10, and then we'll take a quick break. Idea number five of 10 is is a maximum of three pages of a proposal. See, a lot of you, you really mess up. Your proposal, you think it's it. It is the decision-making tool. It's not. A proposal is not supposed to be a recap or a sales document. A proposal is, is actually supposed to be pretty high level and gets into a little bit of the detail, but not every single deliverable. Most proposals need to be a maximum of three pages, three pages, facts and stats, a couple testimonials, some pricing options. Salesdriver.com said this beyond the fourth page comprehension drops significantly. So you've got to ask yourself, what am I doing with this proposal? Is it a regurgitation of the sales call or is it a proposal of services? And you want to be really, really careful about that. Science, math, experience. I try to keep most of my proposals a couple pages max. And the reason I do that is because I know that comprehension drops dramatically. Now your sales deck should dovetail nicely into your three option proposal. Some of you though, you're saying, Ryan, we have so many options. I've got to customize everything. Customization is fine as long as you've got the customer service to support it. But I will tell you this in the media landscape, I don't customize a lot anymore because what I find in the media business is that most advertisers will do something pretty darn similar to their nearest competitor or a little bit better or a little bit less. So what I find is I can get away with three pages or less. I can popcorn price it, give them three options, use a template and close a lot more deals more quickly. All right, speaking of closing deals, I need to pay a couple bills if you don't mind. So for the next 30 seconds, if you'd pay attention, here are some amazing sponsors um, that are out there to take care of all of you in the ad sales business. And we'll be back with tips six through 10 in 30 seconds with the Ad Sales Nation podcast 
We'll be right back. The At Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the Magazine Manager and the Newspaper Manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at MagazineManager.com or NewspaperManager.com. OpenLook Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. All right. Thanks, Deborah. Thanks, everybody, for uh, letting me pay a few bills there. My family appreciates it uh, as well. I'd also be a pretty terrible sales coach. I'm training advisor if I couldn't sell sponsors on my own podcast, right? <laughs> so thanks uh, to those uh, great sponsors. All right. So we talked about using templates. We talked about always showing value and driving some outcomes, showing those outcomes in your proposals. Um, under promise, over deliver, giving three options, popcorn pricing the options, maximum of three pages. Number six of 10, always, always, always include an executive summary. Always include an executive summary. Something like uh, right at the top, something that a CFO or CEO would read. Uh, something like the purpose of this proposal is, is is blank. The expected outcome is blank. This is work for so and so and such and such. You should be able to get the gist of the proposal from the executive summary paragraph. Why do I know this is important? I know it's important because I've sat in that CEO chair. I've sat in that marketing director chair. And so over the course of my career, I don't have time to read every detail of your proposal. Give me a summary and then pretty easily show me what it's going to cost. I'm not going to read all the details. I'm probably not going to look, you know, at your entire slide deck. So and just understand that that's okay. An executive summary, though, is something that should be at the top, should be an easy paragraph. Again, it's very simple. The purpose of this proposal is blank. Like the purpose of this proposal is to put the Franklin engineering uh, brand uh, in front of uh, 75,000 perfect customers over the next 30 days. Uh, the expected outcome is affordable and is effective with digital uh, advertising results, uh, click-through rates well over the national averages of 0.12% or whatever it is. This has worked for this advertiser and this advertiser and this advertiser, and we're very excited to be working with you as well. An executive summary, something pretty straightforward. You should be able to get the gist of the proposal just by reading the executive summary. All right, that's number six. Number seven of 10, 10 proposal secrets for success. Number seven, eliminate fluff. Eliminate sentences. Okay, you're not writing a, a PhD doctoral paper um, you're, what you're writing is a proposal. Eliminate fluff text. Experts will tell us that people skip every third word. Every third word, yeah. I mean, that's what people do. They scan. So your proposal should be a lot more about bullet points than they really are about complete sentences. Now, some of you in the media business, you're dealing with editors, writers, journalists. Some of you used to be journalists then moved over to the dark side with all of us here in sales. So eliminate fluff. I find that I can go through most proposals and I can pull out 50% of the junk. I mean, I can just pull out 50% of it. You don't really need it. So eliminate the fluff and focus on, on bullet points. Number eight, 
make it a contract. Make that proposal your agreement. If you've got some legalese that you need them to agree to, put it in small print at the bottom or on the back. Put a spot for them to sign it. If they like the proposal, then make it an option for them to just go with it. See, a lot of you, you've got to go back and you've got to go put it in the CRM and then you've got to get approval and all this kind of stuff. Guys, use your CRM to build the proposals. Like, for example, I use Magazine Manager, uh, the Newspaper Manager, the same company, great product. I can go in and build my proposal, show my line items, kick it out to somebody and get a digital signature. So why are we creating these processes where someone has to print something out and then they've got to sign it and they got to scan it and they got to send it back? I mean, use a digital signature tool and make your proposal a contract. Now, if you're a company that has like 95 pages of legal terms and conditions, if you don't have a bad debt problem, quite honestly, do you really need a contract? I mean, I think the contract could be pretty darn short. Um, I tell my attorney all the time, he's one of my best friends uh, here in the Augusta, Georgia area. And um, I I tell him all the time, what can we do to eliminate about half that contract? He's like, Ryan, come on now. (laughs) I'm like, come on, we got to eliminate at least at least half that contract. So I think it's super important for us to always be figuring out what can we do to shorten up that contract, but make it a contract. It's no reason a proposal shouldn't stand on its own. All right. Number nine, this is so important and it's so one-on-one. It's like, come on, duh. Number nine, proofread everything. Number nine, proofread everything. Now you might be saying, Ryan, come on, seriously? Is that 101 or what? Yeah, it is 101. So do it. I love it when people say, um, you know, Ryan, that was a great training class today. Best in 40 years. You know, nice refresher for me. Come on, man. Make it a refresher. Come on. If it's a refresher, then you should be doing this stuff. Proofread everything. Some of you, you need to buy stock in the company Grammarly. I mean, you need a lot of help on your grammar, your spelling. I know I do. I pay my subscription to Grammarly every month, gladly. But I always have people proofread my proposals because I want to make sure my decks and my proposals are airtight. Eliminate fluff, focus on bullet points, and proofread everything. And then last but not least, number 10. You ready for it? Drum roll, please. <laughs> number 10. Don't negotiate against yourself by going to the discount line too heavy too quickly. A lot of sales reps out there in the media business, you hit the discount heavy from the very beginning. Well, you know, Ryan, I only have one chance to make a first impression. That's what my grandmother always taught me. Well, my granny said the same thing. But friends, if you go to the discount knife and you chop a huge amount out, you've got no room for negotiation at all. You're negotiating against yourself. So remember something, it's so important to offer discounts in today's environment, but don't go to the discount deep, deep well right away. Remember something, when you negotiate against yourself, you typically lose. Also, avoid language in your contract's conclusion. I'm sorry, your proposal's conclusion that says things like, if it doesn't fit your budget, let me know and we'll recalculate. That just, that just tells somebody, hey man, I'm ready to give you a discount further beyond this. Just let me know. It's like when you're selling something. Well, you know, I'm negotiable, you know, on this price. Oh, so you've been negotiating, say, 50% off. You know, I never want to say something like that. Flexible, be flexible. You're not Walmart. You don't have to be a discounter. But just understand, if you hit the discount too heavy, it leaves you no room to negotiate later. All right, 10 tips. Use templates. Focus on value. 
give three options. Remember what popcorn pricing means so that you can level people up. Three pages max. Try to get it to two if you can. Always include an executive summary. Eliminate fluff. Use bullet points. Make your proposal a contract if you can and use the digital signature tool built into your CRM. Remember to proofread everything. Number 10, do not negotiate against yourself. All right, coming up next, we've got our listener questions, some great questions uh, from Robert in Milwaukee, Jackie in Gainesville, Florida, and then we've got our friend uh, Greg in Portland who's got uh, questions on some sales books. And so we'll be back in just 30 seconds. We're coming right back with the Ad Sales Nation podcast. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at MagazineManager.com or NewspaperManager.com. Open Look Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now, back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. Um, your uh, listener questions. absolutely love this part of the show. And so if you've got questions, send them in, ryan at ryandorn.com. My last name is D-O-H-R-N, ryan at ryandorn.com. If we feature your question here on the podcast, we'll send you an Ad Sales Nation t-shirt. Wear it loud and proud. Wear it at a trade show, post it online, prove it. I'll send you 100 bucks in cash. How about that? I do pay out, by the way. I do pay out. Okay, Deborah, you got those questions. How about, uh, Deborah? question number one. Okay, Ryan, here's our first listener question from Robert in Milwaukee. Hi, Ryan. I feel overwhelmed each day. I am truly struggling to keep up with my sales tasks. I feel like I am on a sales treadmill. Any advice on time management? Thanks. Yeah, Robert. So great question, uh, my friend. Some people refer to it as the perpetual hamster wheel from hell. (laughs) It's kind of where we live every day in sales land. So, you know, first and foremost, I want to really be thinking about being realistic. I want you, Robert, to be realistic. A lot of people will say to me, Ryan, can we get the treadmill of sales to stop? Can we get the hamster wheel to stop? And the answer is if you're good, no, you're never going to get to, it's never going to stop. And you really, you don't want it to stop, but you do want to get it under control. You want to be able to speed it up when you want to speed it up. You want to be able to slow it down when you need it slowed down. And there's so many factors involved in that. But from a time management perspective, I can tell you this by nature, the way that God created me, I'm not an organized person. By nature, I'm not organized. So what I had to do was get control of my calendar and my time. And what I did, I doubled my sales. So what I started out by doing was time blocking. So what I did, and I would encourage you to consider and everyone to consider, what are the four, three or four most important things in your sales life that you need to do every day? Identify those three or four things. For me, it's prospecting, retaining customers, and doing great follow-up. So what I want to do is find a time block for those three things, and I want to block that time out every single solitary day. And I want to be religious about it. 
So identify the three or four prime things that you need to do every day and then block out time for those things. Use your calendar. Create a calendar reminder that repeats every day and honor it. I mean, honor it like a religion. Be religious about it. Every single day when that time block pops up, honor it and do that thing that is important to your sales life. Now, I also like to use my iPhone and the Reminders app as well. So I think that that is very, very important. You want to constantly be reminding yourself to stay on track. Then another time management tip for you is set time limits. Whenever you're doing a proposal, you're writing something or whatever, get out your phone, set it next to you, give yourself, say, 15 minutes, start that time clock. Almost all of us perform better when we're under pressure. So you're going to get a lot more done if you set those time limits as well. You know, we did a podcast on time management, Robert, a few months ago. Check that out. There's a webinar over at 360 Ad Sales. 360adsales.com. There's a webinar on time management under the webinars tab uh, as well. But Robert, um, get on that quest to becoming a time management ninja, a time management master. And I think you'll see your stress go down and your personal revenues go up. So, all right, cool. Great question. All right, Deborah, next question, please, ma'am. Ryan, our next question comes from Jackie in Gainesville, Florida. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for taking the time to answer my question. Each month, I have over 500 accounts in my CRM. My sales manager keeps telling me to prune down this list. How many accounts is a perfect number? Good question, Jackie. Um, You know, every business is different. Every salesperson is different. But let me so let me give you just some general rules of thumb in the media business, just in general. So most account reps in media sales, it would be difficult just mathematically. It would be difficult to handle more than, say, 300 accounts to 350 accounts in a CRM. Just mathematically looking at the number of hours in a day, I mean, it would be just be tough to handle more than 300 to 350. Now, what I notice, though, when I go in and I work with people, so I use the magazine manager as my CRM. I use it every day. So I'll get called in or I get requested to do some training for a company, and I'll come in and we end up spending half the day on how to use the CRM because a lot of people just don't know how to use their Uh, their CRM. First and foremost, I want you to go through and think about, all right, so in any given week, how many people per day that are brand new, not actively running with me, how many people brand new in any given week could I actually work with in any given week? And I'm going to tell you that it's no more than about 10 a day, five days in a week. So no more than 50 can really be on your active prospect list, like people that you're prospecting actively. Now, you're going to have a lot of active folks, so you could have as many as 100 people that are under contract with you, events, sponsorships, whatever, so now you're at 150, and then you've got to ask yourself, okay, how many others are? am I going to basically try to be either retaining or working or marketing, and I would say if you can do more than 200, so now we're at 350, you're pretty much a superstar, so what happens though a lot of times is there's a lot of accounts in there because you just don't want to give them up. You're like, not you, Jackie, but people in general, people are like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to give that person up. I've made like 9,000 phone calls to them. I've put in a lot of work on it and Joe Blow is going to call them and make the sale immediately. Well, that's why you want to trade accounts. So once a quarter, I would encourage every rep to bring 10 great accounts to the conference room and do a draft, do a trade like the NFL does, trade some accounts. Because I want to get some of your good accounts. I'll give you some of mine. I'm going to make one phone call, boom, and I'm going to, boom, close that deal. 
And I want the same thing, you know, to happen to you. Now, just so that I, you don't go and tell your sales manager, you know, that, that they're right or they're wrong, Jackie, I think that every circumstance is different. But I think you want to look at what can you personally manage? I mean, what mathematically makes sense? See, I'll go into Magazine Manager. I'll pull an inactivity report. It'll show me how many people over the last 180 days I haven't touched. If that list is more than 10, something's up. I've got to get some of those names, those accounts off of my list because I don't want to look at it that way. So just remember there's three pieces in most media sales people's lives. Prospecting, maybe 50 to 100 of those. Got actives, maybe 100. I mean, people that are currently under contract. Then you've got your in-progress people, and that's probably going to be, say, you know, 50, 60 of those type of folks in any given 30-day time period. So my gut tells me 300, 350, 250. So your boss's advice is probably right. You probably need to get in there and prune a little bit and then trade some accounts uh, as well. But every circumstance is different, Jackie, but try to get that account list to a number that's manageable. And then what you want to do in your CRM is create highly focused lists, you want a top 20 or top 50 list. You want an in-progress list. You want an active list. Anything you can do inside your CRM to maintain focus is going to put you way further down the road for continuous sales success. By the way, side note, Jackie, and for everybody else, every seriously good sales rep that I know in the media business, every one of them uses a CRM. So for me, I think it's vividly important uh, for all of us to understand, we we really need to use our CRMs and max them out, whatever uh, your CRM is. Okay, Deborah, how about the last question for us? Our final question for the show comes to us from Greg in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Ryan. I've been reading every book on sales that is on the market. Lots of great information, but now I feel really confused. Mm -hmm. Whose advice should I follow? Whose advice should I ignore? Thanks. Uh, my advice would be... No. <laughs> It's a great question, uh, Greg. There are a ton of great sales books that are out there. And I think a lot of folks, what we do in sales land is, is we don't read the right books. I don't mean from the right person. I mean just right in genre. So you've got core selling skills books, and then you've got motivational books. So what I like to advise people to do, whoever your coach is, doesn't have to be me, whoever your coach is, pick a coach, stick with that coach until such time that either... You don't feel like you're getting what you need uh, from that coach. They're not guiding you correctly or something. Uh, and then you need to find a different coach. Switch coaches. Don't try to pull uh, from, when it comes to core selling skills, don't try to pull from multiple sources because we all do it differently. And all of us are going to tell you that our ideas are the best. Now, I'm, I'm open and I try to be humble enough to recognize that there are people in sales land that are better than me. I know that they're out there. I run across them regularly. So it's not that you shouldn't be open to new ideas, but core skills are, are training tips, uh, things that you should be doing every day. And if you try too many things at once, you never give, uh, you know, the chili long enough time to cook. You know, you never give the soup long enough time to cook. You don't ever give the, the brew long enough time to be able to uh, ferment, to make great beer or, or whatever. And so you're constantly just running and gunning and just trying to find all kinds of different pieces of advice. Now, what's different, though, are motivational books. Motivational sales books are motivational in nature. They're things like time management advice, goal setting advice, how to stay positive, how to stay inspired, how to find your personal sales passion. Now, those books, you can never read uh, too many of those. 
Core selling skills, that's one thing. Motivation, Greg, that's a completely separate thing. So what I would do is find a person, a coach, a trainer, or whatever, a program, a sales program, and stick with that program. At least give it a few months to see if it's going to work. If you're not happy, then switch programs, switch coaches, or, or whatever. But what you want to do also is be looking at motivational books, motivational tapes, motivational videos. You can never get too much motivation. I'll be honest. I listen to all kinds of different people uh, from all kinds of different motivational um, genres. And when you listen to these people, you're going to get pumped up. I hope it's one of the reasons, uh, Greg and everybody, you listen to this podcast is that hopefully you'll get some core skills and then you'll get motivated as well to potentially uh, be the very best salesperson um, you know you can be. So when you think about that, you know, Greg, I think the answer to your question is you need to figure out right now in your sales life, before I give you a bunch of recommendations, you need to figure out in your sales life, do you need core selling skills books or do you need motivational books? Everybody needs something different. So wrap your head around that. And then I think from there, you'll see that you're on a better path, you know, towards, uh, towards success. Friends, thanks so much for your listener questions. I think we could do, maybe we will do that one of these months, just an entire show of nothing but listener questions. So Robert in Milwaukee, great question. Thanks. Jackie in Gainesville, uh, thanks so much. Proud to, hopefully you're a Gators fan down there in the SEC. We love the SEC, don't we? Uh, Some of us do. Not all of you do. Okay, I understand. I'm going to get a lot of phone calls and emails because of that comment. And um, especially for my friends in Michigan. (laughs) And then um, in Ohio, right? And then Greg in Portland. Uh, Greg, thanks so much for your questions, uh, really, on on books. Sure, appreciate that uh, very, very much. Well, friends, that's our podcast for the month. I hope that you'll uh, stick around another podcast right immediately after this. We're really digging in deep on what you can do to grow, you know, your personal sales life. And uh, this, the podcast right after this is going to be something you might want to really pay attention to. And I think you'll find some very helpful, uh, very helpful information. Thank you to Open Look Business Solutions, Mike Obert and the cast and crew, Kevin and everybody, Queenie. Thanks so much down there for the great work you do for me and for so many of my publishers. Thank you so much to Andy, uh, Mark, the rest of the cast and crew at Mirabil Technologies uh, and magazine manager and the newspaper manager. Thanks so much for that. Uh, Charity, Shannon, the fine folks at January Spring, thank you so much for all the help that you give uh, to all of my customers. Friends, love to come to your office and train your team. Right now, I'm booked up for the next three months. So get on the calendar. Love to come in and train your team, motivate your team uh, towards success. And and just remember, friends, I mean, if ad sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. and, And they're not. And so we're either crazy, which I always laugh and say is possible, <laughs> or we found a career that'll feed our families for a lifetime. Check out our free webinars, our free information, take some online training over at 360adsales.com. That's where you'll find us, over at 360adsales.com. And don't forget, it's Military Appreciation Month, so be sure to uh, thank Uh, Those great men and women that are serving in all the various branches of the armed forces, thank them for their service because it's people like that uh, that keep us safe and allow us to get out there and sell and enjoy the careers and lives uh, that we currently have. So thank you so much to all those fine men and women in the military for everything that you do for us. All right, friends, we'll see you on the next episode of the Ad Sales Nation podcast. God bless you. Get out there on the street and sell something, would you? Take care. Take care.